everybody. Welcome to another edition of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. I'm your host, Chad Belding. I'm excited to have back in the studio Mr. Matt Pandola from the Pandola Project, Pandola Fitness right here in Reno, Nevada, as well as Joey Gilbert, who's having a heck of a time figuring out his microphone today. Joey Gilbert was with us last week. He was, uh, you know, the certified badass boxer. There's a lot of common ground in between our guests today, Joey and Matt. We'll get into that. Today's podcast is brought to you guys by our friends at Jack Lynch Jerky. Thank you, Troy and team, Joanna, everybody that works their butts off to make sure that we have our protein snacks in the blind every day. We wouldn't leave home without it. We definitely would not hunt without it. And our friends at Mountain Ops Supplements in Salt Lake City, Utah. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Jordan, Matt, and team. Uh, We're very proud to be affiliated with the Mountain Ops crew. And bringing up stuff like jerky and protein and supplements Matt I've been thinking about this a lot because I was uh, up at the lake this last weekend and I ran into this individual that um, I offered to cook breakfast for and it was a female and her husband was like yeah let's eat and she's like no I I fast every day until three o'clock and I went wow fast I said I fast I fast probably three to four days a week and I fast until noon like I won't barely even touch a drip of water until noon talk to me a little bit about what fasting means because it, historically we always heard as athletes or just from our mom and dads that breakfast is the most important meal of the day you got to get your breakfast it's going to start your day it's going to get your strength up whatever right so talk to me a little bit is that a misnomer is breakfast still the most important meal of the day or can you lose weight and be nutritionally savvy with fasting yeah, well, first of all, I noticed Joey got the good microphone, so I guess <laughs> I've been downgraded a little bit. <laughs> Mine just has a special thing in front of it. And before Matt goes, can Matt, can you just confirm for everyone that I'm probably your favorite and most talented athlete at Pendola, or did we not get to that part yet? We'll, we'll cover it. Sorry on the breakfast thing, breaking the fast thing, sorry. Yeah, so with the fasting, it obviously has its uh, perks, and there's some things about it that I really like. It depends. I mean, the answer is it depends. If you have, let's say this morning, for example, I did a three-minute hard, two-minute recovery, one-minute hard, one-minute recovery um, effort on my run, right? And so I did that for several sets, and I'm not going to do that fasted, right? So that doesn't really work out for a sort of glycolytic workout that you might be doing in the morning but if you structure your day around the fast and uh, you plan it out that way um, and if you're doing something let's say let's say that's um, more low heart rate stuff like just an easy morning walk for 30 minutes or something like that then that can work really well can i jump in right there and add something As as an athlete that trained with you like you just said um depends on what you're doing in the morning and i remember when i was trying to lose weight in florida cutting down for for to make weight at 160 I hated this, but this guy would show up in my room at six o'clock. He'd say, let's go. We're going to go do a nice, I mean, a nice, easy three mile run to Matt is an easy run. It's like a walk in the park. We would go out on a light jog, fasting, full fasting, light jog. He'd let me have a cup of black coffee and we'd go for a light jog. And as soon as I come back in, he actually went, made me uh, egg whites, spinach, some tomato and put it on there. And I didn't even want to eat it. And he slapped, put it on my bed next to my pillow and said, eat it. Had, and walked away. Had, had to eat it. But that's a, that's a different deal though, right? When you're training for a big fight and you're losing that many calories, you have to replenish them, right? You have to have energy to train as much as you guys are going to train in any given day leading up to the fight. I mean, isn't that fair to say that a, a boxer training for a title fight cannot go without 
food or nutrients or protein or cal- a caloric intake in the morning. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine that he could. Well, yeah. we, did, we did a little bit to lose weight. We did. Matt was trying to get me calorie deficient that early one just to burn up whatever. I'll let him speak, but I, I know it really worked well. It actually was, was what got that final little bit of weight off, and it was when we threw in those morning fasted workouts that weren't really like crazy, but just enough to whatever, start the engines, whatever you said. Yeah, you got to stay in your maximum aerobic function zone or in a patient's phase zone. So I've talked about Phil Maffetone before uh, last time we were here. And so when your heart rate is essentially lower, keep it simple, under 150 for somebody like Joey. And then he can do those kind of workouts fasted and it will help to get him to his weight without having to diet as much and things like that. And then when he gets ready for his boxing a little bit later on in the day, he's obviously got some calories in him. He's got some carbohydrates. You can't go, um, you know, eight hour fast and then get in a good 12 rounds or anything like that. So it just, again, depends on the day and the workout. And we would do that, you know, for about three, four days where we might have some more patience phase kind of work. And then we'd have a planned workout that was pretty intense, pretty hard. And so that would obviously change up what he was going to have that morning. So that morning would be more back to having the oatmeal and eggs and that sort of thing. Okay. So take that as, and then take into consideration the athlete that I am former athlete, 43 years old. Once an athlete, always an athlete. Always an athlete. Mindset, mind over matter. Uh, Bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, (laughs) Succeed every day. Wake up earlier, go to bed later. Um, 43 years old, work out with you twice a week, and we work out hard. It kicks my butt. Like right now, I can honestly look at you in the eyes and say that Thursday's workout and the one-legged lunge squats, the, the backward squats that I did, they really turned my world upside down and it still is going on right now. It worked a lot of different muscles. Uh, my IT bands were smoked. My glutamus was smoked. My, my, my knees were a little bit sore and I don't know why cause they never get sore, but I was, I was making sure I was using proper form, but that workout on Thursday smoked me. And I asked you leading up to that workout, should I be doing this a couple more days a week? Should I get on a Stairmaster and do 1,800 steps and get my heart rate to 170 and then back down to 130, 140 in that fat burning zone and do that interval training? And you're kind of like, well, I don't think you need to go that hard during those off days at 43 years old because what is your why? And you know what my why is. I want to be in shape. I've got a little bit of vanity going on and wanting to look good on camera. But I also want to be healthy out there and keep my heart rate at a good pace when I'm hunting and keep my breathing under control and not feel my joints hurt and my ligaments hurt when I jump up out of a blind and, 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 and cast my dog or whatever. Is all that fair to say that you really are going to stick to it, that I don't need to go hard those off days? Yeah. We work with a lot of clients like yourself. You are, like Joey said, you know, you're still an athlete. You've got that mentality to push it. And that's a good thing, but there can be too much of a good thing, right? So I look at energy system development with guys like you. You tend to go, 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 go. We have to consider a lot more than just the workout. We have to consider the fact that your normal quote-unquote workday, it's not work for you. You love it, but it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of, you know, hours in general. So you're doing a little bit more than the average athlete that I train, even if you were younger, 
you would still have a little bit tougher time with recovery because my athletes, when it's their job, like Joey, when it was his job to be professional boxer, to be a professional athlete, he would do those workouts and he goes sleep. He go roll out for an hour. He'd get a massage. You know, we're not doing those type of things. We have to go to work. So that's a big part of it. And even now with Joey, again, him as an example, I told him several months back, just go walk in the mornings. That's underrated. Which was incredible, yeah. You know, if I could just pop in for a second, we would train sometimes three times a day. So not sometimes, that's what we did. I'd wake up, my light three-mile three workout was truly just a wake-up, do a little jog. Then we went to the, to the ring, I mean, to the gym for the first skill set workout, which was usually sparring, whatever we're going to do tougher that day, we did that morning. Then we go rest, hang by the pool, and then we were doing another workout that afternoon. And, and normally, I was running between four and six miles every day except for Sunday without... Just, there's, there's no, there's no stopping. You just did it. And so the rest and recovery massage, you know, all that stuff, acupuncture was so, so important. And it truly, truly gets you back. So it was all about proper planning, proper rest, you know, proper stretching, all the mobility work that I spent years rolling my eyes about Matt over. I just thought it was the dumbest stuff. He'd have me lifting my, lifting my leg up, triple flexion and doing all these. And I just, for the first six months, eight months, I literally Rolled my eyes at him, told me he didn't know what he was doing. And then I ended up in Las Vegas in a training camp with Jeff Lacey, Winky Wright, if everybody remembers Winky Wright, Southpaw, who beat Sugar Shane a couple times. Uh, Felix Cheeto Trinidad, he handed him a pretty big loss. Well, Winky was out there, and I'm out there training with these guys, and I couldn't, I was limping all over the place. And I call Matt, and I say, hey, man, like, I'm limping. He goes, hey, I gave you that foam roll. You need a foam roll. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, man. Like, foam roll, my, knee, my knee's hurting. Like, roll my, what are you talking about? So I went to go see a doctor in Vegas, the best ortho. Guy gave me a shot of Toradol, put me on some other thing. And for the next week, I just kept limping around. Finally, after a week of missing some killer training with these guys, bad Chad Dawson was out there. Like I said, Jeff Lacey, Winky Wright. I had this uh, foam roller in the corner. I figured, can't hurt. Shit, I hear I'm sitting here, you know, not doing nothing. I foam rolled it. And in 15 minutes, I was back running and jumping rope. And, I, and that was it. After that happened, it might have been small, but for me, it was like, wow, I'd been to the very best doctor who was actually a doctor with the San Diego Chargers. He gave me a shot of Toradol, put me on some stuff. Do you think anybody gave me a foam roll? Yeah. Do you think they told me, you can release yourself, you need to do this every day, you need to stretch? They didn't say any of that. And once I started incorporating the, the mobility, the, you know, the stretching, the, the resting, the nutrition, that's how I hit those top things of an athlete. I never got there without Yeah, it. I agree, Joey. I, I, I've had like little... I had a little twitch in my like hip flexor area and I thought for sure man like I took yesterday off of the gym because I wanted to take one more day just to keep rolling and I've really been doing it right with my foam rolls and the pain is going away on its own where before I thought I was going to be out for a little bit because when I breathed in I could really feel it and now it's gone and I've been for you can go you can walk into that room right there and look at what I've been doing all morning today I have an entire little system set up in there that Matt's taught us and real quick Matt before we get off that subject of foam rolling um a lot of people have the ability to get a foam roll now. They sell them in a lot of places. You can find them online. I want to talk Triggerpoint about... Triggerpoint.com. Triggerpoint.com. There you go. There's, if you're listening out there. The, <laughs> the, mini, the mini soccer balls that you have in the gym. Okay. And, and you look at that and you're like, oh, we're going to do kick drills today. And then you get us down on the ground on our stomachs and we do what you call gut busters. And some people have said, well, I don't like the way they make me feel because why you're doing them. But the after effects are amazing. Why do you preach gut maybe preach isn't the right word but why do you train with gut buster mobility and it's simple those balls cost literally three dollars and the way they make you feel you could be out of pocket like feeling terrible 
and do that and, and, and you're ready to go stop by a Walmart grab one of those soccer yeah, balls you're ready to go. in your tummy and, and you're ready bam. to go it makes you feel like like if you feel bloated after a, a big rice meal let's say you eat a ton of sushi you foam you uh, gut buster on one of those mini soccer balls it brings you back to life. I'm not kidding. It really, truly does. What, what, what is that doing to your internal organs? What is it doing to your abdominals, your obliques? What, what's going on with those, with those gut busters? Yeah, so... Look at his smile. <laughs> Look at how sick this guy is. I just want everyone to see. I wish everyone had a camera here. He also likes to make and cause pain on his athlete. At least with me, yeah. Chad, I know he likes to do it with you. That was a smile right there that I've seen too many times. Like when he used to drop a 12-pound medicine ball from five feet on my stomach, called it Bruce Lee abs. Yeah. And he loved it. And he did that same smile. Go ahead. <laughs> sick, man. Uh, so first of all, I give Jill Miller credit for that movement. It's uh, from a book she wrote called The Role Model. That's where I learned it from. And they're called gut smashers. Gut it's kind of like, yeah, you, you switch the, like, What did I say, gut we, busters? Gut busters, gut, yeah. Gut, gut smashers. And, yeah, yeah. And we, we talked last time about, you know, your, your glutes, and you're like, what is that? Your buttocks. And yeah. so now I notice you're saying uh, glutamus and yeah. I, things I, like that. But you, yeah, it's all right. You turn it into your own thing. You'll see what happens. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the what, what it does, we look at a couple different things, opening up your breathing, the stitching, so to speak, that um, happens where your ribs and your um, abdominal wall meet, that can, that's really hard to get to, even, even if uh, you have a good masseuse. It's, it's hard to get to those areas and be able to really relax in that breathing pattern. So gravity helps you out a little bit on top of the ball. So you'd be laying down in a prone position is what uh, the movement you're talking about is. And you're breathing deeply into the ball in those movements for slow breaths, three to five breaths. And then you move it up a notch and you kind of follow along where your belly meets your rib. And that also helps to bring you down into a more parasympathetic state. So you have your flight or fight, which is a lot of people spend too much time with their switch on, especially athletes, you know, so they're, they're trying to get their body to regulate or downregulate a little bit more. So that's a great way to open up your breathing, but also get you more into that parasympathetic, more relaxed state. So you can really start to bring your breathing down into your lower lungs again. So that's where we like to start with a lot of our athletes and finish, actually. It's a great finishing movement as well. And as far as foam roll goes or any type of rolling, there is a lot that you can do to release tissues and to get mobility going again and things like that. But I would like to clarify a little bit. People misunderstand where the virtues of these type of movements are. So you have strength, and we've talked about this a little bit before, where that's your body's ability to exert force. And stability, your body's ability to resist force, and mobility is your freedom of movement. So <clears throat> some, for some people, if they roll, they're maybe get, giving themselves a little bit too much, and they're fighting it. So they're better off using maybe a ball, like that soccer ball that we do the gut smashes with that has a little bit of give to it. Now try rolling your T-band, for example, with that ball, because it has a little bit of give to it. You're not fighting it as much and you're a little bit more relaxed. You might actually get a little bit more benefit out of that. So 
I like to start people off with that little three inch soccer ball. And then we might move to the foam roll for other things, but get yourself one of those little three inch soccer balls, have a little bit of give to it and use that first uh, around your entire body, wherever you feel like you need to get a little bit more movement, a little bit more circulation and, and, and use that first. So when, when you start talking about circulation, talk to me a little bit about the, the high intensity training of sometimes in the gym, I feel like you're in, and tell me if I'm wrong, don't be afraid to tell me I'm wrong, but sometimes when I watch you train or try to break down your training, it's almost like a boxer is out there and he is throwing punches and his heart rate's going up and he's using that systematic breathing to keep his breathing under control. But then he's also got to be defensive. And you always say everybody, it feels like they can fight until they get hit. And there's a lot of different sayings in that. But when you get your heart rate up, and your muscles start to really, they're begging for oxygen, right? But at the same time, your lungs are fighting for that oxygen too. So is that where, is that where recovery is key in what you're saying and, and freeing up and getting that systematic breathing going and getting that air back into your lower lungs? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what recovery is. Where I'm going is after two months of training with you, I can go and go and go, right? Where as before, you would say, grab the 45s and do a farmer's walk and I'd be done within the first 100 meters. Now I can go the full 400 meters. My forearms are tight, but my breathing's under control and my muscles are staying more relaxed. As before, my muscles would be aching. They would be breathing, begging for that oxygen. And at the same time, my lungs were out of shape. So the, is that fair to say like your lungs are fighting your muscles for the oxygen? Is that what recovery is? You know, I don't think that's exactly the way to say it, but I know what you're getting at. And I think a lot of it is your mindset. So when I teach an athlete to bring their breathing back down, for example, yes, there's a, a physical response to that. And we're able to get our heart rate down so we can recover a little bit better. So like Joey, again, boxer between rounds, he wants to be able to recover in that one minute as much as possible to be able to come back for another solid round. And a lot of athletes, obviously between plays like football, for example, you have five to 10 seconds of play, and then you bring your breathing into its, uh, or its order again, as far as your breathing goes, you're able to bring that down a little bit more but that's also a mindset thing where it's been proven that if you can bring your mind into a more relaxed state while you're under duress you're going to be able to handle more your threshold will be higher so that's the other end of it that i think happens with somebody like you where you're now doing intervals you're doing high intensity work but while you're in that interval, your mindset is a little bit different to where you're actually staying more relaxed. A relaxed athlete is a fast athlete. So that a lot of times I think is where athletes run into trouble. They're trying so hard, they're trying too hard, they're tense, and they can't continue that interval at that pace because they're so tense, they're so tight. So that over time they have to learn to relax while they're under duress. So when you say under duress, do you mean that, is that kind of what I'm saying? When I'm saying that your muscles are begging for that oxygen, that's what under distress means? Yeah, and, and what you do with that when that's happening, right? So, you know, Joey, for example, when he's, uh, he was, let's say, under a flurry of 
three minute rounds where he's really going at high RPMs the entire time. If he's able to really work on his breathing and controlling his breathing during those rounds, he can keep going and going and going. And he, like Sugar Ray Leonard told him a long time ago, you can just basically operate at higher RPM than anybody else without redlining. And that comes down to his breathing and how he's using his power. So when, when in everyday life, then if you take your, if you take your athlete or your, your client or your average everyday American, that's walking the face of the earth, everyday life without being in the gym, without training, how important is the breathing as far as like I, what I've learned with systematic breathing and what I'm, again, I'm going to tell you what I do based off of what you've taught me in through my nose for five seconds, slow, hold it right there at the top for five seconds with that air inside my lungs. And then through my nose again on my exhale, real slow. So I'm breathing in through my nose, holding it out through my nose for a total of 15 seconds. If I study that, if like, if you use a meditation approach to that, a meditative approach to that, and you study that breathing, just that little 15 second technique, I have found the benefits to be helping with headaches, helping with soreness, helping with focus hugely. Like my focus, when I do that, when I stop and, and, and practice my systematic breathing, that 15 second intervals, I see my focus gets right back on. So is that, is that say, is that fair to say that you can train yourself mentally with your mental approach, with that breathing, that breathing approach of the 15 seconds that you can really put your, your focus back to where it is, get rid of headaches. Have you heard a bunch, have you heard stuff like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And breathing is kind of like your life force, right? So first thing we need to do is get our breathing in order, get our breathing in check when we're have an athlete that is dealing with stress. So what you just explained is a great way to get your breathing going before you start a workout so that you are back into that more, again, parasympathetic state, your body's more relaxed. And again, you know, the first thing we need to be able to survive is to breathe. So obviously our body needs oxygen. If we bring it back to our breathing, that's the first order. If we do that, if we train ourselves to do that, then we're always going to be more efficient. We're always going to be more relaxed and we're going to be able to do that while we're performing. We won't hold patterns for five seconds at a time, obviously, but for example, with my elite runners, I'll get them to run breathing in with two steps, breathing out with two steps in a very rhythmic pace. And not only does that help with their heart rate in their threshold or their competitive training, but it also helps them stay more relaxed so that they can now really finish strong in their race. And that doesn't come easily. It, it, takes a little bit of time but once you have that you definitely have a more automatic response to the breathing and the proper the proper breathing mechanics i like the way you describe that and what i'm what, what i'm picturing in my head is when let me think about how to say this because this is really important to me because this is what i've seen in my training lately on my days off i do a pretty stern or stout stairmaster workout because i really want to be able to keep my lung capacity strong. I have asthma. 
I'm always breathing through in and out of duck calls, goose calls. I'm always using my lungs. I'm talking, I'm breathing, I'm focusing, I'm, I'm, I'm using vocalizations through these apparatuses that, that, you know, create vocabulary through with these wild animals in my workouts with the use of a heart rate monitor. I have honestly seen this to where I feel like I'm out of breath. I feel like I need to give out. And then I look at my heart rate and it's at 139. I need you to explain this to me because I, I would picture Joey doing this to where you're punching and you're feeling like you're gasping, but your heart rate's actually in a, in a low state for what the amount of er energy that's being exerted. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really working my ass off on the Stairmaster and I feel like I'm going to fall off of it and die. And I look at my heart rate and I'm like, that can't be right. My resting heart rate's always at 57 to 59, 55, somewhere in there. When I'm really exerted on the treadmill right now, like at my 12, 1300 step, I'm still at a 140 to 147 pace, you know, uh, heart rate. When I feel like I'm at 170 with the way I'm breathing, explain that to me a little bit. And I'm sure yeah. Joey's seen that in the ring. Too. I'd like to know why that is. <laughs> God. I'd, like, I'd like to know what you think about that first though, because you actually are probably, you said before, you're one of my favorite athletes. Well, have to admit one of my best athletes as far as what i've done to progress athletes i've looked a lot at what we did in our training years ago and especially being able to recover between rounds that's where i feel most proud of the things yeah. we did i mean you were really really prepared as a boxer something i always took a lot of pride in is that your conditioning was always there but we came up with a lot of different breathing techniques and we came up with a lot of mindset techniques and but i i definitely like to know what you think helped the most of the things we worked on there you know, I think when you think about what helped me get to that next level, I mean, it was all, you know, it's, it's all the smaller things in aggregate, you know, that add up. And we talked about gut smashers early on, you know, anything that's going to increase that, that lung volume, you know, if your diaphragm's jacked up, if your stomach doesn't expand, right? So we'd start with stuff as simple as the, as the gut smashers. Then there'd be, you know, the, just the different kinds of rolling out or Matt really actually getting in there and unsticking my diaphragm with his damn hands, with his fingers in there, which is not the best experience, but it works. So every one, every one of those things, little things worked. Another thing we would do pre-workout, we'd do co crocodile breathing. We'd lay on the ground. That's where you're basically trying to big, take the biggest breath you can in through your belly. If you ever saw a crocodile, crocodile laying on the ground, you see their belly expanding. And so crocodile breathing to help build that lung capacity, build that diet, bring it, build all that out. I think all that stuff helped. Next would be the recovery. I think actually being mindful and actually working. And I, and I worked a tremendous amount on this. I would take time and try and see how low, how many beats I could drop my heart rate in, in a minute. And we got to 100 beats of recovery. So it was, it was just mind-blowing. We would be up, I'd hit 170, and I'd be clear down you know, in the 60s uh, within a minute. And that through, was through breathing, through breathing, you know, I'd sit down on that. And, and again, just little things you learn, like you learn in football. Like I was joking with you the other day in the gym, when you're bending over, I said, there's no air down there, Chad. And you looked up, kind of gave me that look like whatever, dude, but we know, we know that. And so it takes time when you're, when you're gunning out at the end of a, when you're gunning out at the end of a round and you just absolutely exerted yourself, maybe you punched yourself out. Maybe you, you let, you know, you, you, you know, drop the tank. Well, you better recover in that minute. And so, you know, I was one of those guys that, you know, if I got a guy in trouble, uh, I'm going to punch until that bell rings or the ref stops it because I ain't leaving it to the judges if I don't have to. So there are a couple times, you know, your round ends and you're gassed. And so I'd go over there and sit down. And a lot for me, um, 
it was the ring generalship, you know, going into some boxing stuff at, at 30 seconds left, I'm trying to dance the guy towards my corner. So when the bell rang, my, my team, as soon as you heard the bell ring, if you look on some of the video, you'd see the stool already in there and I was sitting down it took that guy 10 seconds before he got across from the ring and actually was sitting in his corner, taking a breath and getting water. And I was already on my second or third deep breath. And I meant, I mean, big, big one, hold that in, blow it out. And at the same time, I'm saying to myself, I still remember this heart rate down, breathe, heart rate down. And I would say that to myself over and over again. I watched it from in the 40, 50, 60 beats per minute, then drop down to 100 over the couple years that we worked together. And it was incredible. So does that go with what I just asked, Matt? Is that was there times when Joey would get in that prime, you know, that championship caliber shape? that he could feel gas, but his heart rate was still staying lower. Does that, am I onto something when I say that, or is my heart rate monitor messed up? No, well, so yeah. it, for, for example, if you're doing repeats of high intensity for 30 seconds, the heart rate monitor doesn't really work there, right? So it, it, you can't really monitor as much what's going on there, uh, as opposed to if you're doing something steady state where it's a lot more accurate. But that all being said, everything that Joey just explained, it's in control, ready to roll, right? For example, would be an affirmation there. But he said several things about his breathing, about telling himself to relax, that he's in control essentially, and that he can keep rolling. So a lot just, of that- Can I just show you something real quick? My daughter, who's just overhearing us, she just sent me a text message. You know how these kids are today? You did, it's a crocodile emoji breathing with me too, she's saying, because she's only eight years old. She's a little tennis player. And she told me one day, daddy, I'm not breathing right. I said, all right, get on the ground, lay down flat. I had her on her tummy and I had her doing crocodile breathing. And I said, oh, give me 10 good ones. She stands up. She says, I feel so much better. I feel like, you know, my, and I just had to smile at her. I'm sorry that she just sent me that text message. She overheard us. So you're, if an eight year old can feel the difference, it works. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I had a, I had a kid at footlocker nationals one year. This is a cross country high school race. It's the national championships. And he was freaking out. He was really nervous and, you know, for good reason, biggest race of his life. Instead of having him do strides at the start line like everybody else was doing, I had him lay down and do crocodile breathing for about three minutes just before the start of the race. I had him get up, and he ran the best race of his life. Just, again, breathe, being in control and knowing you're back and in control. When you lose control of your breathing, that's when you start freaking out. So if you take that approach, and what Joey and I touched on last week is that, that, that athletic approach to life. And I think that training is a lot more when you go to somebody like your gym or be around Joey. And I think training becomes a lot more than just vanity or health. I think that health is important. It becomes like a see, lifestyle. Yeah. You see less at 77 years old, but what it does to me throughout my entire day and my entire approach life with stress, with raising my daughter, with trying to meditate and slow down and understand the importance of rest and the importance of, of being having enough water intake and being hydrated throughout the day. I think that if with, I, I just want to make sure that we get the message out of how important practicing your breathing is because it's not as an asthmatic growing up. And I get teased about this all the time, Matt, is that I would go to this thing called camp wheeze and everybody's like, I bet Chad was the camper of the week at camp wheeze. I get, I just got teased by Alex Crosby the other day because there some kid was wearing a tie dye shirt. I'm like, we used to do that at camp wheeze. We used to tie dye shirt. Anyway, 
they taught me how to breathe, but it was a different approach where it was in through the nose, hold it, and then out through pierced lips. And now I'm doing that. I mix that in with the other systematic breathing that you taught me. I really think that if somebody takes the time to learn that and practice it, the, 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 the biggest deal with training is if you have a trainer like you that says you're not doing enough or you need to go do more on your own, you need to roll out, you need to practice your breathing, you need to go on a walk 20 minutes. It's the people that take that serious and take it to heart and actually apply that to their everyday life and their everyday approach that are going to see even bigger benefits than just that 60 to 90 minutes in your gym a week. So breathing is so important to everything that we face as a dad, as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, as a friend, as a brother, as, you know, everything that we do in our lives, what, what you're talking about right now just isn't about Joey being in that ring, throwing punches for 12 rounds. Right. Right. And you have to buy in too. I probably didn't buy into breathing and mechanics as it, as it came to, you know, top end performance, I just tried to increase my mass specific force. Like most athletes, you just, okay, I'm just going to push harder. I'm going to do more. And just like Joey explained before about rolling out, for example, he finally bought in because it worked when he needed it to work. So you have to figure out with your athletes, what they're going to buy into. You have to figure out for yourself what you're going to buy into and the main thing I say is you got to at least try it and commit to it for eight to 12 minutes a day when it comes to breathing patterns or mobility, stability patterns, like brush, brush your teeth standing on a single leg, right? Something simple like that. Sounds dumb. Sounds dumb. It's amazing what it can do for you. Do it every single day. Hopefully you brush your teeth twice a day. So you got a couple minutes on your right leg in the morning, you got a couple of minutes on your left leg at night and you're doing that every day. And then tell me if you haven't improved your stability. Yeah. And what was real quick though, when you're standing on your leg and you're brushing your teeth, if you brush your teeth with your left arm, do you stand on either leg? Are you talking about, are you talking about a, you're, you're, this is a drill right here because to increase stability, um, we talked about less 77 years old he's going to walk up the mountain he's going to hunt and then he's going to walk down well it's that time when he's walking down where he puts his foot that might be on an uneven uh surface a rock half of his foot's on a rock house it's how he get his ability able to use his core his abs his quadriceps all of the muscles combined together acting to where he's going to catch himself and not hurt himself that's stability right so when you're practicing it standing up with just something simple as brushing your teeth or I'm picturing myself activating my core, activating my belly button and, and pulling it into my spine and really using good technique with, a, you know, what you, you always preach, your, how you're supposed to stand in your chest and your ribs, drop your, drop, go over that a little bit. Do you drop your ribs? Do you, what are you practicing? I know that we're giving out some free knowledge today, but this is stuff that everybody can get with Matt Pendola. Uh, obviously, we go to a, a way further into it than this and in depth than this in the gym. But what I'm picturing somebody that's in an athletic stance now brushing their teeth and the benefits that can come with that. Yeah. So the first thing we teach is bracing and breathing. So you have to be able to root your feet down to the ground, which essentially means that you're going to spread your toes out and you're going to get the force between your arches in your foot. So from a heel to your toes, you're going to get that force even with your toes spread out and especially your big toe pressed down into the ground. From there, you want to concentrate on really squeezing your glute and pulling your belly button up towards your face and your ribs 
just slightly down. So that's a good bracing position. And then you can start simple. You just lift your leg up a little bit off the ground, your left leg while you're, you're brushing your teeth. And if you feel like that's starting to get a little bit easier, because one thing I want to say is that if you are wobbling all over the place, it's better to even have your other foot with your maybe toes just slightly touching the ground. So you're still learning to get stable and then slowly lift off the ground, make it progressively harder. Then you can start to add like chaos to the movement. So then that's where you can say, close your eyes. And now there's, now that's a step up and it's a little bit harder to maintain balance. I'm not a big fan of, if you notice in the gym, we don't do a lot of balance on top of a BOSU ball because it's not like uh, you're going to go hunting on, uh, hiking on a ton, uh, a ton of BOSU balls, right? Like the, the ground doesn't move that way underneath you. But again, you're just trying to gain stability so you can resist force. And that is that comes mainly from knowing how to brace and breathe properly so that you get that response button when gut. you need it. Yeah, button gut. Button gut. I always remember that because whenever we were training and the number one way to tighten stuff up and make sure you were, you were engaging your whole core and you were as basically your, you were as strong as your body could be was to focusing on your butt and gut being tight. And just to, you know, to dovetail on what else Matt was saying, all these little things like triple flexion and brushing your teeth on one foot or using one hand for this. You know, again, I made fun of him for about a year. And then I'll never forget Dan Birmingham. If anyone looks up, Dan Birmingham is one of the greatest trainers. He's currently the trainer for Keith One-Time Thurman, a one-punch Thurman, who's an incredible uh, uh, junior welterweight and welterweight. And he was also the coach of Winky Wright, Jeff Lacey, Chad Dawson. Incredible guy. Well, I had only been working with Matt about a year. And he said to me, uh, one day we're back in Tampa, and he said, he said, geez, man, you know, you, you know, he goes, you're like a wall of muscle. Everything, everything about you is just, just so tight. He goes, you're just, everything is so compact. You have so much, you know, muscle. What did you, what did you call it? Just, just, I was just packed everything. There was nothing on my body that didn't belong there. I wasn't carrying any extra muscle that I didn't use. It was all power economy. I mean, everything just worked. And all I had been doing differently was the little stuff that I made fun of, you know, for all these years. It was all these little, little exercises that I'm going like, what is this really shoulder girdle bliss or whatever it was that I rolled my eyes at. But then when my coaches started telling me that and other fighters were saying, I hate, I hate sparring JG because he just, he, he doesn't quit. You don't feel like you can hurt him. You punch him. It's like you're hitting a wall. And it was just the stuff I was doing with Matt. So it made an incredible difference. Yeah. And I think, I think that I'll let you, I know you need to say something else, Matt, but I think that if you, if you can discipline yourself to do this stuff is, it's five minutes a day sometimes. Like literally, like we're talking about, we're talking about something that is simple as brushing your teeth that can add to benefits of your life for longevity, health, strength, stability, mobility. I love getting on my tippy toes. I love getting on my tippy toes, whether I have a mirror or not, and just doing some just body weight squats, but never leaving my tippy toes or the balls of my feet and making sure that I can balance on that. I love doing those little kind of things. And people look at me like, you're a dipshit for doing this. Why are you doing this on a dirt road in North Dakota? And I'm like, because it makes my day this much better. It makes me be able to keep going. And that's what I think that we're, the, the message I want to get out today is that there is so many things that you can do during the day, but you have to do them. It's not something I used to have the mindset like, oh man, the two days I'm spending with Pandora are enough. I'm going to be fine. But now after last week, I'm like, I really want to 
press it the right way every day and not go overboard, not exert too much energy. And what Joey's saying is a hundred percent true. Like what his sparring partners and coaches were saying to him in the ring or in the gym, I get that from my friends. Like, like I just had, I was in just a, not that I'm bragging or anything, but I was just in South Dakota and this, that my buddy's wife says, dude, you're getting better with age. You look better with age. You, you feel you, you, your, your confidence is there. Like the way that you talk, the way that you're putting your sentences together. Yeah, I can talk, but it's because I'm practicing these other things in my life, like the breathing, like the stability, like the balance. I think balance and core strength is so important to living straight up living. If I, my daughter swims up to me in the swimming pool and I can't pick her up or pick my nephew up and play with them in the pool, I don't want to be in there with them. It's embarrassing. You know, you know Chad, me. I wanted to say too, is you, you hit the nail on the head with that last comment. For some people, it is a life changer. It doesn't augment stuff. It doesn't add a little bit. It's the difference between being a, a disgusting homebody, no offense, and never leaving your house and not being able to touch your toes, not being able to pick up your kid, not being able to, you know, grab a big, big satchel or something and, and hike it up a, hair, a, a floor of stairs without, you know, not being able to breathe. And then you start moving, start some movement prep, actually start getting that body loose and feeling good about yourself. It changes everything. It all starts as Tony Robbins would start would say is just making that move, getting going, finding a small program. It might be simple stretching. It might be something as simple as just functionality. Get on that small program and I promise you, you'll keep going. Once you get unlocked, once you feel your body unlocked, the power of having that movement, that control, that, that feeling you feel when, you, when your body performs for you, you're going to want to get more. And as, that's why you're going to work out more. As opposed to saying, I'm never going to eat carbohydrates again. Yeah. Well, I'm an Italian and I'm going to probably eat spaghetti or lasagna again at my mom's house or when maybe we go tonight maybe tonight <laughs> i don't want to take away all of the fun things in life or all the things i enjoy just to say oh i'm on this no carb diet because as soon as i go back to eating regular like i want to all that's yeah, going that to come stuff back. doesn't work anyway. if you make this lifestyle change that matt preaches in the gym and his wife aaron then it's more becomes a better version of what you're trying to achieve and what joey just said is it does change somebody's life so if you can just get going, I love Tony Robbins because it's all about that get up and go, that start being self-motivated. And I don't like to set this podcast to ever come across as we're better than you because we do it. We're not. We're just normal dudes that really feel better when I get out of bed and I get on a roller or I get on a walk or I get in a pool. It starts my day to where if I do cardio in the morning and I get my body going, I have the best days of my life. Mm -hmm. I could be tired in the morning. And when I get up and go and do that exercise or that little bit of movement, I'm not tired anymore. It's amazing what you can get energy wise when you're exhausted through exerting a little bit of energy. Yeah. I'm not a Tony Robbins expert, but I do listen to his podcast sometimes. And I pick up things from him mainly because Joey told me I needed to start listening to him. <laughs> and uh, he, he does talk a lot about that between your mind and your heart and, and finding success there. I might be butchering that, but that's, that's kind of the, the, the gist I get from it. And he talks about obsessing about things to find success. You have to obsess about something and then you have to take action about it and you have to keep taking action, keep trying until you find something that works for you. So this topic I feel like is really misunderstood when it comes to fitness or lifestyle because people will say, oh, you know, I tried that, didn't work. Did you really? Did you really try it? Because, you know, you probably did it two or three days. You did it for a week or two and then you stopped doing it. You didn't obsess about it. You didn't take action. You just did it long enough to be able to blame something or to be able to use it as an excuse. 
quit making the excuses. You will eventually find the right path for yourself. Nutrition, recovery, training, everybody has a different path that's going to work really well for them based off of their background, their body type, their lifestyle, all of those things come in. But if you don't give up and you keep working towards the right path, you're going to find it. You're going to find that success. And what you're talking about, Chad, and what Joey's talking about is that 10,000 hour rule of purposeful practice where you are, if it's worth doing, you do it every day and you are finding the right route for yourself. Just don't give up on it. Just don't stop trying to get to a better version of yourself and you will get there. No excuses. I just can't stand all of the excuses. You guys know that in my gym, if people have excuses, they won't last long. It's not that I'm not going to help them find answers. I will do everything I can to help somebody find answers, but don't talk to me about how your back hurts when you haven't done your mobility work in a week. It makes total sense. And another little thing, and Joey can talk on this. I'm going to go to Joey second on this, but another little thing that you've taught me is we were born and we were put on this earth with no shoes. And I know that there's running shoes and I know that there's cross trainer shoes. And I know that there's companies out there that make billions of dollars with awesome engineering and design that really help athletes, whether it's football cleats or baseball spikes or, or, or sprinting shoes or cross trainers. But when I take off my shoes and socks and I really discipline myself, you see, I don't have them on now. When I go outside, I don't have them on. I'm digging my feet in. I'm getting my toes spread apart. I'm wearing the right flip-flops because you taught me you don't want to wear the one that's got a regular pair of flip-flops where you're clinging your toes to hang on to it. You want something that's more free on your foot if you choose to wear a, a form of a flip-flop like that. I have a great pair of Reebok flip-flops that are open-toe that, that some of my Major League Baseball players buddies use that gave me a pair. Why? I train in your gym a lot barefooted. I see you training a lot barefooted. We don't do dumb things like, you know, drop heavy dumbbells around us. We don't do that. But when we're doing exercises that it, that it makes sense in, give me the benefits of bare feet and not having your toes and your foot constricted by a shoe. And then I want Gilbert to talk about why would a boxer in the, in the sport of boxing and training for boxing, why do they wear these big flashy boots? What kickboxers don't MMA fighters don't why in the sport of boxing if Joey knows this I just started thinking why in the history of boxing did they put them in these big some of them have straps coming off them it looks like a circus a lot of boxing boots were more for decorative reasons I think except Mike Tyson's they were badass but <laughs> if I want Joey to touch on that after because to me I would think a boxer would want to be in barefoot too but tell me the importance of bare feet yeah so if we look at Makes all those little muscles in your feet stronger too. <laughs> it, it definitely does do that though, because I remember your, it makes your feet look better. It makes your feet look better, but I mean, honestly, I was having. I'm just to jump in, not to be, you know, take your steal your thunder. But as an athlete trained by Pendola Training, you know, I feel like I'm in the best position to discuss this. I was having a lot of foot pain. I was having ankle pain. I was having, you know, calf pain. And Matt was like, take your shoes off. And I was just like, that's the stupidest thing I heard, man. I need to go get a new pair of shoes. I'm going to call my sponsors, you know, call Jordan brand at the time, get some new Jordans done. And he's like, take them off. And I didn't like that. I had these soft little baby feet, you know, all white and just, you know, just, you know, just all pretty and cute because they were always in shoes. And then I, he got me out there working on it. And slowly over about a three or four month period, 
All my foot pain went away. All my knee pain went away. Ankle pain went away. I hated him again. I didn't tell him it worked for a while. I just kept rolling my eyes and saying it's stupid. But it made all that pain go away. A lot of people think it is. A lot yeah. of people think that why would you have the ability to buy a $100 pair of cross trainers when I would rather train barefooted every day, if it makes sense. I've, again, I've, my vertical jump, my frog jumps, I can jump across the gym like there's no tomorrow. My vertical jump at one point was 44 inches. Yeah, for, that we, for a white boy, man, you yeah, got some leaps. That we got on video. Yeah. And a lot of that I feel is because of digging my feet in, getting a good base. When I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm doing the little things during the day, I'll dig my feet in. And, and what it's done for my calf muscles, my ankle support, my Achilles tendon support, my vascularity, which sounds vain, but again, the vascularity in my ankles and in my feet, I said, Matt, is this good? He goes, yes, it's good because it, sh it promotes health. It promotes free flowing blood and circulation to your feet. I think I have pretty feet for the first time in my life. I'm not saying I have a foot fetish. I don't whoa, want whoa, somebody whoa, to say whoa. that. Let's slow down there, <laughs> you know buddy. what I'm saying? <laughs> your hunting like, buddies might not like you saying but that. But I don't care. Like, I think that if you discipline yourself to walk around in bare feet and exercise in bare feet, I know that you can't go on a 20-mile jog on blacktop or sidewalk with bare feet. I'm not saying that. But just walking from here to my office and digging my feet in and using the right approach, not... You know, Matt, how you taught me about straight feet and not having them bowed out or what is that called when you get them, when you're looking, when one's going to the left a little bit and one's going to the right? Duck. I watch, I find myself looking at the way people stand now and going, that guy doesn't work out right. That guy doesn't, his, his legs aren't that strong right now because he's not walking with a, with a good torso and a good core. You know what though, just to correct you, there's plenty of people that work out, they're just not working out with the right people. And they're, they think they're doing it right. You see this all the time in the gym. How many times now after working out with Matt, I'm in 24 hour fitness or somewhere, I'm grabbing a workout somewhere. I just want to walk over and be like, Bro, come over here. That's what I'm gonna, saying. You're going to kill yourself, dude. What I are you doing my, over I here? I find myself just looking yeah. at people, just looking at people in everyday life. I'm like, man, that's not healthy. That doesn't look healthy. It doesn't look comfortable. So just, I will go back to the beginning and then I want you to go on the duck feet and stuff, but barefoot is, is a good way to get started too, right? Just freeing up your feet. Yeah. So for example, I work with a really brilliant physical therapist, John Hodges. He owns Nevada Physical Therapy here in Reno. And we were talking about marble drills and, and various foot strengthening drills that he used to give or that they used to give a lot more in physical therapy. And he said, you know, I don't even do that anymore. I just teach them how to root their feet and I tell them to do their strength training barefoot at least to start, maybe walk around the house barefoot, depending on where you're at. And that's where we've started to really see the results when it comes to our mass specific force, pushing through that big toe, for example, with our athletes, you were talking about the difference in the strength in your foot ankle complex, your calf complex, so on and so forth, because it's kinetic. You have a better kinetic response, your force against the ground, pushing off the ground, you're better rooted, so to speak. And when people wear shoes, especially shoes with lots of cushion, shoes that lift your heel up, the, that starts to take away from that kinetic response. That starts to take away from your strength. And you want to be able to use as much as you can, get the best bang for your buck. So why not do your strength training barefoot? Right? Like, why would you rather spend an extra 10 minutes every day doing foot strengthening drills when all you need to do is take your shoes off? So, that's one point. I do have to say, though, 
you need to progress into this stuff slowly. Like I mentioned this morning that I did three, uh, three sets of two minutes hard, five sets of one minute hard, um, running pace movement or pace workout rather. And I did that barefoot. I did it on grass, but I've built up to that. And I would not, as you said, I would never go out jogging for 60 minutes, you know, on the roads in toe shoes or something that would, that would not be good. I'd, I'd end up having some issues from that. So you have to be smart about it. Just like, I'm not going to have my athletes do box jumps in the gym, bare feet, you know, that's not going to happen. But if you're doing things that are non-impact or very low impact, definitely take the shoes off and use the opportunity to get your feet stronger. Just progress into it. If you've never done anything like this before, like I said, just start off with walking around the house barefoot and build yourself from there a little bit more. The whole toe shoe craze from a few years back, the reason why that went sour is because people overdid it and they overdid it quickly. And then there were a lot of injuries from that. But you know, I mean, people were running around for 10 miles out in the roads in toe shoes. It yeah, was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It really <laughs> I'd see people out and I'd be like, dang, man, you're, you're really brave right here. You know, but, but the toe shoes are an awesome, you know, compliment for, you know, to add to the gym that we talk about it in there. For those of us that don't want to be completely barefoot for whatever reason is, I would recommend those toe shoes, even if you just wear them. I mean, I start out simple stuff. Matt had me wear them around the house to start. You break them in. You don't get a brand new, brand new pair of toe shoes and go for a five mile run. You get them, you start strengthening your feet. I wore them to the beach. I wore them on a, on a short part of the hike and then changed my shoes halfway through. But like anything, man, you just want to kind of stair step into it and build that strength up in those feet. But it's been incredible. And I'm actually was at home digging through my bins looking for my toe shoes after our last Yeah, you workout. need them for the, for the gym again. Yeah. And, you know, some people, by the way, using the toe shoes, you have a better grip that way. Um, and so some people really prefer the toe shoes for their strength training. So if you get toe shoes, those are going to work great in the gym as well. As long as you're not doing like super heavy max effort lifts and things like that, then you can lift barefoot or in, in toe shoes. Yeah. And I think that going back to what we discussed a couple minutes ago about injury or, or potential injury, or you thinking mentally that you have an injury when it's really not. I remember before I started really concentrating on barefoot training <clears throat> where I would think I'd had an arch problem or I had a little tear in my foot or I'd have really bad pain on, on, you know, like right on the outer part of my foot, just down from my pinky toe. Um, and through golf ball massage and through barefoot training, it's all been eliminated without $1 spent at a chiropractor or a therapist or a foot doctor, or I think they're called a pediatric, Pediatrician? No, that's pediatrician. Podiatrist. Podiatrist, sorry. A foot doctor. um, That lawyer, that education. (laughs) But uh, maybe a pediatric podiatrist would be a kid's foot doctor. Yeah. But it's really eliminated pain. And you're going to get pain in your feet. If you're training, you will get some pain in your feet once in a while. They'll cramp up. But all of that stuff has gone minimal to me because of golf ball massage by myself, not somebody rubbing a go. I'm talking about, again, being on top of it, using gravity as your friend, and then the use of barefoot training. And another, a thing is, is like, if you have the ability to walk around barefoot in your office and take your, even your socks off, do it. It works wonders. So I'm glad that we touched on that because, and I just want to real quick, Chad, do you remember the movie um, with Bruce Willis when he was fighting, he took his shoes off and to rub his feet in the carpet? You know, he did those toe curls. You ever seen that? Remember that? What was that? Um, back in the day, come on, 
Bruce Willis. Uh, a lot of people think say I look like him. You do look a little <laughs> bit like him. But all I remember is I remember taking that, and that actually works. I would sit at home, take off my take off my shoes, be barefoot, and do those toe curls on the either tennis ball or the um, golf ball, and all the foot pain would go. It, Just, I'm telling you that that little thing right there can brighten your day. Because there's nothing worse than having pain in your foot. But again, I'm just touching on little things that, that I think about through the day that I'm doing and wondering how many people out there actually practice this. I have no idea. Maybe it's millions. I don't know. I don't know many. Because when people see me doing it, they look like I've lost my mind. What are you doing with that golf ball? Oh, I'm, I'm making my feet feel better. No, there's no way you can do that. You got, yeah, well, it works. 100% works. Um, when, when you look at somebody, I remember being in, in, the, in the men's room at the gym the other day, and there's a poster of Joey in there getting ready to go to battle, and he looks like a, a, a statue, kind of like what you look like today, Matt. At 45 years old, you look, I'm not afraid to whoa, say it. Whoa, you know, whoa, Let's, let's whoa. give credit where credit's Matt, due. Well, just time out a second. That picture, I was making 160 for a championship title, but he doesn't look like that right now. Well, he's close to God, you right now. He's, he's dang. I, I agree with you, Chad. But there's also a picture, Matt. There's also a picture. I wish I, I, I I'm going to post this picture this week, guys, on the This Life Ain't For Everybody website. There's a picture of you in there running when you were in high school, and you don't have maybe, you, you have no muscle. My question and where I'm going with this is a lot of things you hear is, oh, man, he's just genetically blessed. To Joey to look like the way he looked, Joey doesn't look like, Joey looks great today, but he doesn't look like he did when he was training to be a professional boxer. But you can't, he doesn't look you, like me. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that in the gym. You can't be in the gym for six to eight hours a day right now. Joey can. He's a lawyer and he's got a career. Right. But is it, is it genetics or can you get your body to look like Joey's no matter what your genetics are? I know that you're going to say, well, Chad, you have a different form of muscle. You have a different genetic makeup. But my body, I feel like I can get somewhere close to maybe a three-pack or a four-pack with nutrition mixed in, of course. Yeah, all, all kidding aside, I don't look like Joey. Uh, I'll never look like Joey. I don't have his genetics. Um, and your genetics are different from mine. I was built for endurance. And so, yes, I've, through a lot of training and a lot of good habits, I've been able to get a lot stronger and put on good muscle. I'm 197 pounds now in that picture you saw. I was 148 pounds as a marathoner, for example. So it took a long time for me to be able to put on that, that muscle, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And at the end of the day, I'm still built better for doing a Spartan race. You know, I'm better for endurance, that type of work. And Joey is built for knocking a mother out. He's got extreme power. Like I've never actually had an athlete who's produced as much power and and, uh, and movements, and we've tested it than, than Joey. And for good reason, he was, um, you know, world-class boxer, and he's the most dangerous man that I know. So all kidding aside, Joey is in great shape as an attorney. You, you don't want to mess with the guy. He's never going to look like me, and I'm never going to look like him. And, you know, really, I don't think you should try to put yourself into a situation training wise where you're trying to be somebody else, be the best version of yourself that you can be. So yes, I wanted to get stronger, especially when I wasn't trying to be a competitive marathoner anymore. And I think I've been able to accomplish that, but there, there is a point where you have to be happy with who you are and what you have. 
and I'm never going to produce the kind of power that Joey can. And on the flip side of that, Joey should never try to look like an ectomorph and get as lean 24 seven, 365 days, like, uh, more like myself, you know, so we both have our, our strengths and, and then you, you definitely have a, a lot of power yourself. You are an endomorph body type. And we've talked about this before. I think that if you get down to six pack and you really tried hard through diet to do that, you, you probably would be pretty unhappy with it. Actually, it's, it's pretty far away from what you've been built for designed for. But the last thing I'll say is you just want to kind of address your weaknesses and you want to keep working at those things. So you have somebody like Gumby who can do every stretch in the world, but they're afraid of lifting a bar. You know, they're just afraid of what that bar can do to them. So they stay away from it. And that was me. Right. And I did not get to my potential as a runner because back in that day, I didn't do the right strength work to really increase my power economy for distance. And somebody like Joey, he's got to definitely work a little bit more on his diet so that he can keep his body composition where he wants it to be. Somebody like yourself, you always have to work on your mobility because that's a challenge for you. So we all have different things that we have to work on. And I think that's the key there is that you try to keep your body in balance, but you also accept what your strengths are and what you've been born to do. So when you're in the airport, Joey, and you're, or you're at Walden's Books, and I know that people don't really buy books anymore, even though they still do print them, but you can find this stuff online. And we always hear about females in our country. They, you see a billboard, you see a centerfold, you see a model, you see the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and all these girls in America are looking like, ah, that's what I need to look at, that's what I need to strive for. Well, as a male in this country, you look at the cover of Men's Fitness or Men's Journal or some of these magazines where the guy's always got his shirt off, He's always oiled up. He's always photoshopped. He's got his abs all rippled up because he's been, you know, training or whatever he's doing. And, and maybe it's genetics. If we, if you, do you get motivated by that as an athlete or as a guy that's working out or the guy with your mentality and your approach to everyday life and training? Or if you own that magazine or you were the editor in chief, would you put a different looking male on there? Maybe mix it up a little bit to where a guy built like me or a guy that knows he'll never get to one of those guys that might weigh 155 pounds with their abs out. Would you change it up a little bit and make it more realistic or is that stuff or is that a, a, a reachable goal in your mind? Well, I think everything, anything's a reachable, reachable goal, but just to, to, to be real, to, to take an everyday guy just because someone's ripped up and has got a six pack doesn't mean they can hang with either one of us in the gym. And I've, and I've proven that time and time again, I, I really, I work out for one reason and one reason only my daughter, I have an eight year old that means the world to me. And I don't ever, ever want to tell her daddy can't do that. Or I can't pick that up. I want to be able to take her friend skiing packs, you know, stuff up, 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 up hills, whatever I need to do. So my goal is to be in maximum fitness for my age, to be able to do what I want to do, what my friends and family want me to do, be healthy about it. And so I'm, I'm grateful and I, and I do like to look a certain part, but those days of trying to have that aesthetic are gone for me. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, count calories as much as I was to, or, or get to another, you know, cardio session because I want to get a little leaner. I do that now with diet, with discipline 
and, you know, just good old hard work and dedication. And I, I'm more happy with the results of performance than I am with the look, the aesthetics. And, and that's, and that's one thing that I, I think you can take anywhere with you. You know, I'm um, trying to make sure that you have the energy you need for your life, the attitude you need for your life. That's, that's, that's consistency. That's just, that's just built over doing what's right and be disciplined and working hard every day. You know, I, I, that's where I get my confidence from. And I think, you know, you look at those magazines. Sure. When you see a guy with a shirt off, if you got a, if you got a belly, you got a little Buddha sticking out or something. Yeah. That might make you say, you know what? I don't want to look like that anymore, but I take my, my inspiration from, from my daughter and from my friends, all you all hear why we're sitting here doing this podcast. We all want to look good. We want to work hard, but we want to feel good. We want to perform good. For me, it's about performance, optimizing performance. So when you see somebody that's not built like you used to look like in the ring. Um, Mike Tyson had a different uh, physique than than Muhammad Ali, and Muhammad Ali had a different physique than than Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Roy Jones Jr. was ripped up and shredded for his weight at 165s when he was fighting James Tony back in the day. But there was also guys that looked like George Foreman, um, the other heavyweights or other light heavyweights that weren't all ripped up and chiseled, but they still could go. They still had the stamina. That's why where I was going with my with my question is. When Matt takes his shirt off in the gym, he strategically takes his shirt off in the gym to show us how he can, you know, breathe down his armpits or, you know, bring his ribs in a little bit. Me and Joey just go. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> because Whatever. at 45, he knows he looks good. And, I, and it might have something to do with his old lady being in there and making sure that Aaron knows, hey, this is what you have to look forward to when we get to back to the casa. But... <laughs> I don't know if it's that. If you talk to her, I don't know if she feels like that. You don't so. think Aaron? I don't. Uh, well, I mean, Aaron. No, no, she does not. She, <laughs> she, she doesn't let me get a big head at all. No, she, that doesn't affect her whatsoever. Aaron's, tra- Aaron's training for her black belt right now. And yeah, Aaron yeah. looks like a million bucks right now. Yeah. There's things that she can do that make me go. I actually said to Matt like a year or two ago, I said, you know, one day we were talking. I said, you know, Maddie, I think your best representation of Pandola training is Aaron. I said, you know, out of all the coaches you've had. And the reason is, let me just tell you this. She's bought into it and she's been around him for, I don't know how many, over 10, 12, 15 years now. And when you're around that person that much, I mean, I find myself teaching kids stuff, talking. I think, where the hell did that just come from? It was from Pandola. You know, we teach what we learn. And I think, you know, I will say this again to Aaron's compliment. She is an incredible representation of Pandola training. She gets it. She bought into it. She doesn't try to change anything Matt does. She just simply installs it and makes us follow it. And it works. And obviously she's living proof of it. She does the same stuff. She trains the same way. And they both look phenomenal. Yeah, so, and I, mean, I think it's a good mix of between the two of them because you have Matt that I, I picture him the night before a training session, you know, sitting on their bed naked and doing these workouts, getting these workouts all designed for yeah. everybody. I know that that's not true, but I just picture it. And I'm like, this is like two beautiful specimens sitting there coming up with a way to destroy people that might not necessarily look like them yeah. physically. They, they definitely game plan how they're going to punish us. They I do. Think. They do. And they, you know, it's the good cop, bad cop, Aaron. And then Matt, I think Matt's more of the good cop because Aaron kicks the... Crap well, I, us, I actually prefer to be trained by Aaron now. Aaron's strong. But here's the deal about Aaron. Here's the deal about Aaron is in training, training's a, di- a different mindset too because we don't get babysat in the gym. If Matt turns his head and we cheat, and I've said this before, when I've given speeches to Matt's high school You're athletes. You're only cheating yourself. Yeah. You, you have the ability to cheat yourself in the gym every day. And do I take rests that aren't warranted? Probably so, more so than somebody that is half my age or whatever. But I really try to discipline myself to stay on key. If you come up and hit me or you come up and try to knock me off balance or, you, or, I, or your eyeballs are on me, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting that full benefit out of that If he's workout. ever got you doing an exercise with your eyes closed, be ready for a gut shot. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a gut shot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think that, but I think that on the other side of that, it's about, it's about the relationships that you build with your clientele, because Matt's got to be able to go from cursing with less, 
being a little bit more subdued with a guy like Scotty and then having his wife in there and Aaron's got to have a sense of humor. She's got to have thick skin. It's this chemistry in there that I think that you get results. And where I'm going with this again is you have to find your why and you have to find your own way to get to that point to where you enjoy going somewhere to improve yourself. My go-to spot is Pendola Fitness. Now it could be anywhere in the country. I understand if you live in Sacramento or Wichita, Kansas, you're not going to drive to Reno to work out. So you have to find your why. And that's why we're trying to tell these guys, I've been on dirt roads in North Dakota and got out and had my binoculars looking at geese. And I'm like, oh, they're not flying yet. It's a little too cold. So I put down my tailgate. I'll take out some camera cases. I'll take out some gator coolers. I'll take out whatever I have in there. And now I'm doing box squats. I'm doing tailgate jumps. I'm doing lunges. And I got these guys dressed in camouflage doing workouts with me. And I have this on video, not as a joke, not as a prank, not as a prop. It's what I do now. And I'm like, Hey guys, just do this a couple times and practice your breathing, get your legs in shape, get your joint, whatever it is. And I think that that's where I'm trying to go with this is you might not be able to get into a special place like we have every day with Pandola. Find your way of doing the little things. And there's so many things right in your house that can complement what we're talking about and get you in a better place. Yeah. With Erin, good example with her is she was a professional dancer. And back then, she looked amazing. Can you please clarify that? We're in Nevada, and I don't want people to take professional <laughs> dancer the wrong way. Joy, can you clarify what he means? Well, she, she didn't dan- dance in an entertainment cabaret. My, she did your my more wife traditional listen dancing. To this, so, uh, well, yeah. we're just, you know, but regardless, you know, she does have a butt on her, though. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Sorry. <laughs> That was from the dancing, the, the respectable dancing. I just wanted to make yeah. sure that being where we are in the entertainment capital of the country, that everybody understands that she was a professional dancer that was not, I in, don't know. In a topless bar. She wasn't, she wasn't a stripper. <laughs> Let's just be honest with you. There was no pole, at least not a vertical pole. <laughs> this has gone horribly wrong. <clears throat> what kind of dancer was she, Pandola? Well, she, she was uh, one of those uh, dancers that would be in various shows that they have at the casinos um, and productions, uh, not the other kind of dancing. And so she was very unhealthy, though, in that lifestyle. And I will say that um, what she's learned to do over time is to find a better balance with herself. Of course, if you're going to be a professional athlete of any sort, you've got to train to the point where it's not necessarily healthy, but you're the best at what you're doing. So I just want to make that distinction though, that you don't have to follow what you think is on that magazine. You don't have to follow that program to find your success. And what Joey was talking about before, what you were too, Chad, with people on the magazine, I have a lot of respect for bodybuilders. Like people will say, oh, steroids and this. Well, yeah, probably, but also a lot of work, a lot more work than you're doing and a lot of discipline, a ton of discipline. So I have a lot of respect for what goes into all of that. But the fact is that that's not actually long-term, that's not healthy either. It's not healthy. So you're looking at this person with the perfect six pack, the, 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 the composition is perfect, all the measurements are perfect everywhere. That is what they do 24 seven, that is all they do. And they're probably actually not all that healthy, especially not on the inside. So that's a point that I always try to get to people is finding your why, finding your goals, your happiness, and just 
realizing that, man, I'm becoming a better version of myself all the time. I'm trying to, again, find the best path for me, but don't try to look like that person on the magazine. Even when it comes to professional athletes, don't try to look like that athlete. That is all they do. And there's a shelf life to all of that. You want to think about the long game. Like Joey said it perfectly. I'm a father too. I agree with everything he said. It's about my daughter, Mia. It's about my wife. It's about my family. It's about the longevity. It's about being in our 60s, 70s, 80s. I want to be able to not just chase my kid around the park and play tag and and those kind of things like we do now, but her kids. And I think that that's where, I think that that is what the gist of all of this really is, is my dad was gone at 54. Um, Les lost his wife and, and, and she wasn't in good health. Les has done everything in his power to better his health physically, mentally, uh, emotionally. He's, his breathing is unbelievable. His, his cardiovascular is unbelievable. I think that, life is is so important and joey said no offense before about that 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 homebody or something that that you can't really do things in everyday life and i often ask myself is there's got to be a a way you got there it's like you start to see the signs of a belly you start to see the signs of heavy breathing you can turn that around in a heartbeat you just get lazy yeah you get lazy but one thing i want to touch on that you guys brought up was there is no excuse anymore. It is 2018. You got, you got an internet connection. You can get to YouTube. You can find a workout. And just like Matt said, you don't have to have the professional bodybuilder workout. You can find anything that gets you up off that couch, stretching, moving, simple stuff. You can do air squats. You could do some push-ups. Maybe you can't do that stuff. There's stuff you can do. There's all kinds of different varieties. You can find them for, for the beginner to the elderly person to the, to the kid. And I would just encourage anybody, look, your life is what you make of it. You know what? How many times you jump on your phone to search for anything? What time is this store open? What time is this close? What time can you get a pizza? When did you look up something as simple of a query of simple fitness at home? Simple home fitness, body weight fitness, you know, easy fitness routine. They're there and there's thousands upon thousands. But one thing I will say to, to, you know, pump up my boy right here is Matt's coming out with videos and in time you're going to have Pendola training on videos. I'm going to encourage people look up Matt Pendola, look up what we do. You can find videos on there, but there'll be more stuff coming and find, find those guys, find those people you look up to. I promise you there's a video. If you have an athlete you like, there's probably a video of them working out somewhere. Find one of their routines. If that's your superstar, Tailor it for yourself. Ask some questions of people online and, and, and make a workout. And, don't and that's be, what I encourage. And, and, and don't be afraid to – there is stuff out there that you is at, is at our fingertips, and I agree with that, Joey. And a lot of it you can – there's some stuff out there that you can get for free. But when it comes to – and I think that Matt had, at one time had told me that he had 50,000 hours of purposeful, purposeful training – you can't get that for free. That does not come with free, free or, or not being able to pay for it. So with that kind of knowledge, his expertise and all of the coaches he's coached with, all of the trainers he's trained with, all of the guys that he's been on their podcast with, all of the guys that have looked at him and said, you need to get this stuff going. When these videos do come out and you can find Pendola Fitness on, at your fingertips, whether you live in Brazil or Paris or Reno, Nevada or Montana, there's really no excuse. And that's where... We get every day in the gym. And if we can just say a couple things to somebody and get them going and moving, I, I just have had so many people say, man, that really does work. That really does. It really does help me. Like I remember the first time I taught, 
taught this friend of mine that it happens to be a female. She wasn't a girlfriend, but she, she had told me that she was having a lot of problems with her abs and she couldn't get them in shape. And I said, Hey man, I've started doing these gut buster things and learning how to really open up my diaphragm and really messing with my obliques and, and then doing, mixing that in with hard ab, you know, not hard ab workouts, but ab workouts that were creative. And I said, I don't do normal sit-ups anymore. I do things that I'm always working on my core. Brushing your teeth on one foot, believe it or not, is working your abdominals. And if you teach yourself how to do little things like that every day and your muscles are getting tricked every day, whoa, what's going on? I'm brushing my teeth, but I'm actually, my obliques are actually activated. That's the things that I try to tell somebody. These are the little things I learned. Go roll out, feel the freedom of what your body does. Systematic breathing, feel the focus change, feel the ability to feel better as a human being. A lot of the reasons why people don't work out besides laziness is they think it's going to cause pain and discomfort. And of course it's going to. When I run or do, when I do a farmer's 400 meter farmer's walk, I'm in constant pain. But the way I feel when I fight through that pain makes me the champion I am today. And I'm not saying that I'm a champion in everybody's eyes, but I, when I wake up in the morning, I feel like I'm going to kick the piss out of this world. And that's the way that I think everybody needs to live. And I'm not on a soapbox saying that everybody's going to go do that. I'm just saying how I feel that if you don't wake up in the morning and feel like you're going to go kick the piss out of this world, then you might as well stay in the sheets. And that's what working through something in that pain barrier, starting off with the little things like brushing your teeth on one leg and then being able to complete a 400 meter farmer's walk with 45 pound plate in each hand. That's lot. That's, well, you know, that's how you approach life. It's the simple things too, though, Chad. It's like, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I always got to find myself falling back to my foundation at Pendola, but Pendola picks, you know, Matt, you'll sit here and smile a little bit, but he put up a Pendola picks. He put up like a list of stuff we should eat, shouldn't eat things we should do, shouldn't do. Find yourself a Pendola picks, you know, go on Matt's website. Truthfully, look at it. It's those little things. And it's like, we talked about the 80, 20 or the 90, 10. No one's saying you got to, you can't eat burgers anymore. You can't have a cupcake once in a while, but you do that stuff, you know, once a week, you know I mean? Just, let's just be sensible about it. Too much of anything is bad. Make, make better decisions, make right? better decisions, pick, pick better, have better options at your fingertips. That's, that's the stuff you do. That's planning to succeed. And not some of that, to fail. some of that is Joey. And I agree that because I see the look in your eyes, you really do practices. It's not like we're just on the mic. Me and Matt and I, talked about it before. I showed up here with a shake a protein shake because I got a workout on this morning and I was running late didn't want to leave my body exactly. without fuel where do you think that came from right here and it's a little bit of preparation like if you know that you're going to be in this podcast for two hours I just put a little bit of Jack Links on the table and I didn't I very easily could have anything that's loaded with sugar or fat content or carbohydrates but I'm, 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 when I go in and I go out to lunch, it's very hard to eat healthy at a restaurant. You don't know what they're cooking that stuff in back there. Are they using a pound of butter? Are they using a bunch of unsaturated fats and oils? You get a little bit of a salad with some chicken breast on it and you just tell them naked and then you add a little bit of dressing. Don't be afraid to use a little bit of ranch dressing to make it taste better. Just, just make better decisions. Instead of getting a burger or a, a, pat, a patty melt with fries... Get a burger with a lettuce bun. With a lettuce yeah, bun. I mean, the little things. One last thing I want to say too, Matt, before you jump back in is coaching. You know, I personally, Chad, you feel like this. I, I feel like this in my whole life. You know, get a coach. If you can afford one, you know, get a coach. You know, at the end of the day, anything you're doing in life, you, you need someone out there holding you accountable. I know there's a, there's a few. There's some really select people like Neil and our Neil Fincher in our, in our gym. He can come in. He can do his program. No one says boo to him. He sticks to it religiously. But if you can, if it's part of, if you can afford it and it's something you can throw in there, I would encourage anybody listening to find a coach, find someone who specializes in that area. You're not going to find a man. Matt Pendola is only one of those. But if you can find someone similar to him that buys into that 
you know, prepping your body, you know, doing stuff to get yourself warmed up. If you can, if you come into a gym and a guy just wants to throw you through the bells and whistles and basically, you know, like a, a what do you call it, cross training workout where you've got you flipping things and ripping stuff and throwing stuff around, that's not what you need. You need someone that's going to slowly walk you into a warm up phase, help you dial in your weaknesses, fix any of your injuries, and then start building from there. And that's what I would encourage people to do. And if you don't have one, and I know Matt's going to talk right after this, but if you don't have one and you don't have the ability to find it or the know how how to find one, when these videos come out, they're not just going to be, all right, everybody get in line, everybody. <laughs> it's not like that. It's going to start out. It's going to start out pretty meticulous, very meticulous, it slow. little things and how to breathe. And, and you're going to train somebody the way that you train us. And then it's going to move into things that are going to absolutely blow people's mind when they achieve those things. Now, I'm not saying that you can't go get P90X or that, that guy For that sure, does yeah, the dance that's a coach, anything. You, you can do it, but I know a lot of, I've, I've been to a lot of houses, including people in my family where those things are now a coaster yeah. or just full of dust. And I, I can tell that they got tired of it quick because it's just a big time workout. There's got to be motivation every day behind it. And these videos are going to have motivation in them. They're going to have different applications in life and different approaches in life to be able to achieve the little things. And then all those little pieces of that puzzle come together. That's what life's all about. You got to work on those little pieces of the puzzle and get them all in the right place. And then you'll start to see the big picture, right? You don't see the big picture of a puzzle when all those pieces are scattered out. But when you start to take the time to focus and put those little pieces of that puzzle together, now all of a sudden that light at the end of the tunnel, that big picture starts to become relevant. It starts to become reachable. Goals aren't reachable if you just look at the cover of a magazine and see a dude all ripped up or watch one, you of, have to act. Or watch one of Joey's fights. It's easy for me to go, man, I could get in there and do that. No, hell no, I can't. It's about getting in the gym and getting those small pieces of that puzzle going to even be able to last three minutes just throwing air punches. Air boxing by yourself for three minutes is hard if you're not going to get in there and train a little bit. So that these videos are going to be so beneficial for somebody that can't get to that coach or get to that happy place like Pendola Fitness serves for us. And I know that you're putting a lot of preparation and planning into these while at the same time, I want you're studying for another degree. You're getting another classification to be able to provide even better services to your clients as well as your high school athletes. At the same time, your wife is becoming a black belt in jujitsu and becoming certified in massage and even more areas of expertise, which makes a special happy place like Pendola Fitness all that even more special. If I could just make a correction, because Erin is my masseuse. She's already a licensed massage therapist and she's getting a black belt in, in, in what is it? Taekwondo or, or karate or martial arts, martial, martial arts, arts. Yeah. not, not jujitsu. So she's I not just, getting in jujitsu. No, martial arts. Martial she arts. has to do, she'll, she'll straight kick you in the face, not trying to put you in an arm bar chat. <laughs> so just let's get it right. And you know, her legs and she can kick you. So just want to make sure we get it right because she does massage me and she's our trainer sometimes. So I don't want her to uh, put Kelly, it on me. Kelly Parati is the owner of uh, CMA where Aaron trains and Kelly's the world champion in jiu-jitsu. So they do a lot of jiu-jitsu as part of their um, progressions in, in the martial arts. But it's... it's a, hey, real quick, you brought up Kelly Parati. Mm -hmm. Talk about a phenomenal athlete. How mm -hmm. incredible was she? She's another, another female that's been an awesome friend of mine. Just an incredible athlete, but also has, it, has the mindset. You know, here's a girl who's won the no-gi and, and the gi uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments, you know, world tournaments time and time again, and she's just phenomenal. So having the right mindset is pretty important and having the right, you know, the right attitude is a big thing. And I think we've got that among our crew. Yeah. You know, Joey's bringing up an important uh, part about culture I and mean, Kelly does a great job with culture. 
you know, to get ready for the black belt, they went out and they went camping for a few days. Things like that are what make her program special. I feel like we try to do things like that as well at Pandola. So we have a culture. And again, you look at CrossFit programs, they have a great culture. And I might not always agree with the progressions, but the culture is there. So find a good culture. And that's not necessarily going to be expensive. It's not expensive at all to, to be in Kelly's gym and train there. It's not expensive for a lot of these different programs to join them. Depending on what your why is, you can definitely join a great culture and it's not at a great cost. But then you have to know how to individualize it for yourself. And if you have a coach who cares and has the experience, they will help you through that without making you go through the same progression as everybody else. So we talk about all the different opportunities that we have um, as, as people and w- the internet and great coaches and great programs, but it still comes down to you as an individual. So for example, if my blood pressure is high in the morning, if my heart rate is elevated, if <clears throat> my heart rate variability is off, then I'm not going to do a hard workout that day. You didn't day. sleep very well. If I you didn't sleep, sleep very, very well, well, if you were sick the week before, if there's just so many things, you just got to be real. You got to be able to do a quick assessment on yourself and say, okay, hey, where are we at today? You know, and that's, I think, so important, right? Right. But it doesn't mean that you do nothing, right? Yeah. So that's the difference, though. I feel like every morning when I start, I start off with a walk. Just I try to practice what I preach. I tell Joey he should do it. I do it. And then the first 15 minutes, Sometimes I'm not even sure that I'm going to do like the workout I did this morning that I mentioned is a pretty, pretty hard workout, pretty hard effort. But as I was going through my warmups, I realized that I was feeling good and I was ready for it and I had a great workout. But don't push that you know, in the gym. I'll notice sometimes that, say, somebody has a hard time in their workup sets and the effort is greater than it should be. It's not a good day for a max effort day. So that's the biggest issue if you're going to join a culture is that you're not necessarily just doing what everybody else is doing that day. Even if you're the most, you know, badass fit person in the room, that doesn't mean that you should be doing that intensity workout that day. Maybe it's a better day to just do accessory work to roll out a little bit longer to do some low heart rate stuff and call it a day guaranteed you're going to come back stronger. Just <clears throat> do something. Hold yourself accountable. And it might take a coach. It might take a leader. It might take a life coach. Take a trainer to get you to the point to where you make that that turn and make that lifestyle change to be able to hold yourself accountable. But the 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 gist of today, the theme of today of us sitting here in this studio is do something. Get moving. Wake up and know that you're going to accomplish something that day. I understand there's depression, there's sadness, there's time, but all, everything we touched on today helps with all of that. When I feel myself getting a little down or a little sad or a little envious or a little depressed, or my mom's going through a hard time, or I know my brother's struggling, I, I, I activate on these things we learn. I put them into play and I, and I truly feel that it helps in the long run. It helps you get over things quicker. It keeps you healthier. It keeps your mind sharp. The new things that we're doing in the gym, and I'm not going to get into them today because I want to bring us three, talk, us three back to talk about 
and I actually do hold both gym records with Joey sitting here and he's been in there doing them both already hold two gym records on this, but just the cognitive this week, the, no, they're going to, they're going to be tough to touch cognitive thinking that Matt's teaching us now is what people that are going, what time is it right now? man? We're getting ready to end this, but we got, we're doing drills that are benefiting early set amnesia and Alzheimer's and things that are going to protect our brain and our think ability to think for ourselves and think for our kids and be able to be around our grandkids because just because because you're strong enough to pick them up. If you lose your mental ability to do that, nobody's going to want you around them. So there's things that we're even touching on in the gym now that we're going to touch on in this podcast, maybe next week or the week after when we can all get together again. I know that Joey's got to be in court today at three. Not He's not in trouble. He's a lawyer representing somebody in court. I know Matt's got to get back on the mountain and train, but guys, if any guys and girls, if you take anything out of it, just get going. I know that Joey does that. I know that Matt does that. And I know that that's why I look up to them. We touched on it last week about mental approach. Don't worry about what people think of you. If you look goofy doing it and they're talking about you, you're doing something right. Don't worry about haters. Don't worry about embarrassing yourself. A lot of times when I walk into Pandola, I don't want to be in there with some of the athletes in there. And then I surprise myself. So make sure that you just get off the couch, get out of bed and get self-started, get going. And if you put these little pieces of that puzzle together and you find that happy place and you find that motivation... It might be your daughter, like Joey said. It might be a career. It might be a business deal you're trying to get done. Practice your breathing. Practice your mental approach. And I'll let you guys finish it. But I'm motivated right now. I want to I want to get on a walk. I want to get rolling out. This is what life is about to me, is finding something in somebody that day that's going to make me a better person or motivate me to find that better version of myself. And I think that mentally and physically and emotionally, if we all do something like that every day, our communities are going to become strong again. Our country is going to become strong again. And we're going to find ourselves in a lot better places just by starting off individually with those little tiny movements. Agreed? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Matt, I'll let you finish up, but I'll just say this part, you know, you hit the nail on the head, Chad, you know, many times throughout this podcast, but just getting going, Matt said about it. I, I again, rolled my eyes. You know, he told me to walk. He said, you know, just a 20 minute walk in the morning can increase testosterone, lower your stress levels, your cortisol levels. I rolled my eyes in them and I started doing it. I, I always try it, even though I roll my eyes in them. And after about 10 days, I couldn't believe that I just felt so good in the morning. It was a walk. So what I want to say to anybody listening out there, start with a walk. You know, if you can't get to a treadmill, you can put, take a walk. Take a walk around your neighborhood. Walk a little faster. Walk a little slower. If, you've been, if you're a good walker, in good shape, maybe put on a pack or something. You know, there's so many ways to do it. Start with walking. Get moving. Start with that walking and that breathing and that visualization of a better you, a more complete you, a more energetic, and, and a guy with a better attitude, and you'll get there. Agreed. Matt? Yeah, just I don't want to come across as harsh here, but people who are overweight or people who are even underweight, they're not healthy. They're not happy. I don't care what anybody says. You're just, you can't be healthy feeling that way. Nope. And a lot of people right now listening, that's where you're at. And so I don't want to be that guy who just cheerleads you and says, Hey, you know, you can have this life too, without putting some reality into it. The, the reality is you have to stick with it. You have to create a ritual and you have to decide, make a decision, make a decision that you're going to be that person that you want to be and realize that it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next week, not even next month. You have to keep working at it and you have to get rid of the excuses. And Joey said it perfectly. If, if you haven't been doing anything, especially just going out for a walk every morning, that's a win. 
And you got to start with that, but do something every day and really realize that it's a process. None of this three months body transformation stuff. You know, you just, you have to look at the long term. You have to look at the end game and where you want to be and then be realistic with yourself. Are you doing that every day? We have so much respect for people in our community like Rick Revilio. We've talked about him before in the podcast. Why do we respect a guy like that so much? I look up to him. Obviously, he does so much for our community. But the fact is the guy is dedicated and he starts every single day. I think it's at four in the morning. He gets up and he does his workout and he starts with a win and then the rest of his day, he's on fire. He's just he's just making things happen all day because he started his day right. Routine. He's he's, he's the best. He's the you guys. You're, you're the same way. Joey and I touched on both of you last week. He's 53 years old. He looks like Zeus in a in healthy way, and he, it's his routine. And he's busy. Rick Revilio is. He runs a big time successful business. He's a community leader. He's always given motivational speeches to our local our local university, the football team, the baseball team, the basketball team, local businesses here, the boys and girls club he's heavily involved in. And it's, he does everything that we preach today, not preach. I hate using that word. Everything we touched on today and talked about and discussed today, Rick Revilio does it. And it's evident that he does it because when you meet him, you see, you feel it in his handshake. Like, man, I'm motivated. I'm not saying I want to be like Ricky, but I want to do the things that he does to get to where he got. And that's the secret of it is just finding that coach. It might be Ricky that you, I don't even work out with Ricky. But he's my coach in so many different ways because I believe in his approach in life. Yeah. I believe in his optimism, in the way that he treats people, in the way that he keeps his word. And it, it's a maturity thing. You might not be there at 25 or 30. You might not be there at 35 or 40. But the secret to life is getting there. Yeah. Life can be a bitch. And the secret of life is getting there. But everybody, that's why I have Matt in here. That's why I bring Joe in here. I thank you guys so much. We're going to do more podcasts with these guys. They have so many great things to touch on and say. You can find them both on Instagram, Matt. It's at the Pendola Project or Pendola Project. Just uh, www.pendolatraining.com. It is the best way to find Matt. Um, his, his training efforts, please get ready for these eBooks, these videos. They're going to benefit all of us across this country, wherever you can find them on a computer. Um, as far as some little business goes, the new episode of The Foul Life is airing this week from Iowa. It's a very humbling episode. Outdoor Channel Season 10 has been a smash hit so far. New Foul Life merchandise available at thefoullife.com in our store, as well as our new YouTube channel, This Life Ain't For Everybody. You can find these podcasts on YouTube now, as well as um, different playlists of hunting footage, cooking footage, fishing footage. Um, people have been asking for it, so we're trying to deliver more and more content. Thank you very much much again to our partners and sponsors jack Lynch jerky thank you troy and team and jordan and the team at mountain ops supplements in salt lake city utah we're very proud to be part of your crew and team guys this is chad belding for joey gilbert and matt pandola i thank you all for joining us for another awesome episode of this life ain't for everybody we will talk to you guys soon